0: Welcome to the Televerse, streaming in place, Lucifer. It's time for streaming in place, uh, day four, episode four. We're talking about Lucifer season one, episode four, manly whatnots. And I, I got to say, uh, Noel and Allison, clearly we were victorious in our attempts, uh, our, our, like the subtextual purpose of this podcast, which is Latoya reached out and said, well, you guys have gotten me <laughs> to start rewatching Lucifer I wasn't gonna and then yeah but then she was listening to the podcast and had to yell at us across the podcast because we're so wrong understandable Latoya so 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 (laughs) thankfully she is joining us (laughs) well thankfully she's able to join us today so I want to start before we get into manly whatnots and we will I want to first uh say welcome special guest Latoya Ferguson to the podcast and noted Lucifer
1: expert Latoya Ferguson oh yeah
0: Definite Latoya, like, their first, by a long shot, of all of us on the, on the, on the Lucifer train, Latoya Ferguson. Um, so first I want to open the floor to any thoughts on the first three episodes or anything you wanted to, you know, contribute to our podcast
2: conversation, and then we'll
0: move to episode four.
2: I... Okay, so as I said, I was yelling in a positive way. It was just like <laughs> I, I wanted to have conversations with you guys, but I couldn't because, again, as I was saying, I was listening to these as podcast episodes. They've been recorded already, mm-hmm. so it was not me yelling about how wrong you are. Oh, uh, but I know, I do that maybe a little. <laughs> I that know... all the time. Noel's been uh, po- po- pointing out how like bad the cases of the week are. And honestly, that's pretty much Lucifer in a nutshell. It's become it's become a running joke at this point how bad the procedural elements of the show are. Like it's it gets funny just how thin the cases are.
3: So I'm so excited to keep going. <laughs> <you> sh-
2: <laughs> don't worry, everything else makes up for it. And also, right. yeah. you'll be amused like the way the inventive ways in which they make it the, the case so ridiculous, and you're just like, well, of course it's that guy, but you don't care because it's so fun. Yeah. It's fun cases, yeah. But it's not the strongest point of the show, for sure.
0: I feel like that transitions transitions us really nicely to Manly Whatnots, Whatnots, which is this episode. Because, it again, it has a completely threadbare case of the week that is still, for me... Super fun. So let's let's start with that and the connection to our uh, pickup artist kind of case of the week premise. Um, and you know, Noel, I'm going to throw it to you. Did this case of the week work better for you this time?
3: Well, I think it does work better for a couple of different reasons. The first is that I get a case of the week that's not about a homicide, which is always a refreshing change of pace in a procedural. So, yes, it is a white girl gets kidnapped, procedural, which is, like, just immediately after homicide of in procedural uh, narratives. But it's still enough of a change of pace that I'm just like, yes, no one's been dead yet. Um, <laughs> so I like that aspect of it. And then I'm watching it and going, wait, we've been given literally one other suspect that this could be. And I turned to my partner and I just went oh the brother did didn't he they're in cahoots and they just staged this whole thing and she just looked at me and went well yeah obviously and i just went okay (laughs) Uh, um so no i enjoyed the procedural aspect of it i think it worked generally really well in terms of like doing a case um in part because they were really limited in the amount of people that they could just go talk to and he could compel to like spill beans about and i think that that allowed for more and better sort of character interaction type stuff here than what we've been getting in the past three episodes so i generally really liked this episode i think that the overall kind of set piece for it was solid i kept going like oh but i just want them to go back to another day of this conference and just keep (laughs) building with how horrible the whole sort of um I can't even think of the correct term for this. Um, The pickup artist nonsense, um, toxic masculinity distilled, um, that whole thing a little bit more. But I also then just realized I could just watch Magnolia again and (laughs) I could do that instead. So no, I really enjoyed this episode in terms of just everything felt kind of coherent and cohesive in a way that I feel like it hadn't in the first three episodes. So I liked it. Allison, what did you think about it? I agree. I think, um,
1: my very favorite procedural episodes are when the case is a really great excuse to delve into other things that are happening. Um, so even though, yeah, the second the brother showed up, I was like, oh, okay, got it. I'm on board. I understand. Um, I, it's that or the gay bouncer and like it's not going to be the it's gay bouncer so gay bouncer. <laughs> um so, so it's definitely the brother and yeah they're in cahoots although i do think the twist of him having met her before was interesting like yes. that was an interesting wrinkle at the end um Using that story as a filter to talk about actually quite a lot of other things. It felt like there was a lot going on with the other characters. I thought was really compelling. Um, particularly that last act, I think, is great. That the whole time I was like, "Okay, great. Let's. This is messy and weird. I'm super into it." Um, so yeah, big thumbs up for me. This one's my favorite so far, for sure.
0: Okay. Well, LaToya, you were, you were revisiting these. How, did This one, like, this one has this, like, I remember it very fondly. And for me, yeah, you know, I'll get into this, you know, after you give your thoughts. Some some of the things were like, yep, that's, that's what I remember. This is super fun. And some of them were like, I'm still on board, but I feel like I might be defending the show tomorrow <laughs> as we record. I'm curious how revisiting this one, it, it held up for you.
2: It was, uh, at the conference when the brother shows up and I'm like, oh yeah, wasn't it that they're, you know, they're working together and I'm like, oh, and they all came back like like that terrible Southern accent, like brought it all to me. <laughs> oh, that accent.
3: So it's bad. bad.
1: It's really it bad. Awful. It's almost as bad as the intentionally bad British accent from the last right, episode. Exactly.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is oh, like, then you're doing it wrong.
1: <laughs> then you're really doing it wrong. If, uh, if that's the comparison.
2: I mean, yeah, he he's able to slip out of that very thick accent later when he's pretending that to be just the, the kidnapper. So, like, obviously right. that's the guy's real accent and what he's supposed to be doing as his normal accent is not. <laughs> it's just But not. then he
3: kind of, like, slips back into the Southern accent after he unmasks himself and I'm just like, wait, no, wait, what, what? <laughs> the character is Southern. <laughs> unfortunately. So
2: when he's doing his kidnapper voice, that's like the actor's real accent of it's, but he has to slip back into that terrible Southern accent because the character apparently has a terrible Southern accent. It's very complicated. You know what he should have
1: done is he should have used a terrible British accent. So like the Southern kid was like, well, I have to disguise my voice. somehow." like cheerio mate <laughs> and over the money before I end over the go. What Like that. That would have killed. So you you want a
2: fake British accent in every episode is what you're saying. Oh, yeah, for sure. To contrast with the impeccable real <laughs> yeah. one. I was disappointed that this episode, so it teases us having undercover Chloe, which is my favorite version of Chloe, but we didn't really get to see real undercover Chloe, which is honestly a treat for when you guys get to there. I won't spoil anything, obviously, but undercover Chloe is always a treat. Great. Can't wait. She wasn't full full in. She was just kind of there as Lucifer's plus one, really, for this one.
0: Yeah. And well, i rocking that dress uh, while making STD, STI jokes. So I'm I'm here for that. Um, the when I was rewatching this one, I was really struck by how like if I did not already like the show and I just tuned in for this episode, I think I would have been very confused because it is so It's like not on the plot or any of that stuff, but just the dynamic between Chloe and Lucifer is so everything I hate about like toxic masculinity and just constantly like her, just so much sexual harassment in the workplace and there's nothing she can she's been like ordered by her bosses to take advantage of Lucifer's in to do this case and like but i you know and so so i was wondering if that was going to be an issue for any of you guys or if that was just just me but then for myself knowing the context of everything else that that is very much like it, this is the episode that does that, right? And then by the end of the episode, he's like, "Oh, that's not going to work." So I'll stop harassing her, or even basically just when we get the the shot of his back, and the you, the scene pivots from comedic and ridiculous and completely inappropriate to uh, shockingly intimate, just based on Lauren German's performance in in the penthouse. Um, it I was like. If I, I think if it was my first time watching it, I've been like, oh, I see what you're doing. OK, well done. I didn't anticipate that you guys had that much tonal control. Um, but I, yeah, I, I was surprised. Uh, I mean, I obviously, I know that having seen it all, Latoya, I mean, you can let me know if, if I'm forgetting something. But I, I feel like this is the last big episode that really pushes this kind of a Lucifer trying to sleep with Chloe thing. And then from here on out, it's much more, he's much more respectful of her boundaries and stuff um at least in that sense yeah in it's like sense. flirtatious and 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 there's you know back and forth and obviously they are such blatant otps right but the character himself is much more um respectful towards her after this point in that context i think so i was i was i sounds like it wasn't too much of an issue for you guys but i was wondering if it was going to be because it is so like obnoxious
1: well i feel like there's a difference between the show not being thoughtful about a relationship and a character not being thoughtful. And this felt very much like this is a being who doesn't know how to be a human and like only knows how to be what he is and now is put in a situation where he's forced to interact with somebody that's demanding something more and different. And then like all the complications that come from that. So no, I guess it really, if only because uh, the pick up artist technique techniques were so comically bad. Like they were very obviously the butt of a joke. No one was supposed to be like, Ooh, he really has a point. I'm very interested in this formula, this incredibly effective formula. Um, so I think that that helped too. And then certainly all of the complexity from the point when he, when she sees his back on through the end, the, um, everything leading up to her shooting him and everything that came after, I was like, I'm was so good. I'm so into it. So, um, so yeah, I, I feel like the issues that I had with the previous episode are sort of, um, it's it's like the sort of photo negative reaction here where because it's all coming from character and not coming from like a sort of flimsiness or lack of consideration I just I was really on board
2: you make a good point about you know this is the perspective of someone who's not human uh doing these things because he's obviously not taking the pickup artist seriously at all until he's at he's hearing the speech and he's realizing well I'm Lucifer and none of the things I usually do are working for Chloe so let me try this these techniques which still don't work it's just a, a lot of Lucifer the show is Lucifer attempting to do what he thinks is the human way but still doing it completely wrong because you know he's not a human so I, I feel like that really helps to make you know all his his advances and his less you know uh mature behavior work out much better than it would if you were a human character, obviously. He just be he'd be Barney Stinson if he were a human character. He'd be an <laughs> asshole.
3: Well now I want that crossover to happen.
2: No. Um. no, no. <laughs> nope. Nope, not ever
0: again. Not watch I don't even re-watch those episodes. Like I mean I used to love that show in the earlier seasons and I just <sighs> never again
1: <laughs> I just want another Legends moment I want more right. I want more Lucifer on Legends even though technically it wasn't an episode of Legends whatever he was talking to John Constantine I want more Lucifer and John Constantine in any capacity give them a buddy comedy I'm there make them an improv troupe and they're doing long form improv on Saturday nights I will watch it that's what make I want Lucifer
2: a legend honestly
1: yeah please do I would love that
2: make him share a bathroom with all those people <laughs> Oh, oh my so god. Upset. Now I'm just
1: imagining Mick Rory and Lucifer Morning trying to interact with each other. I'm so in God. Charlie? Charlie and Lucifer? Think about all of the fucking that would be happening.
0: <laughs> immediately.
1: Sorry, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Oh, I mean I'm done.
2: immediately they would
3: fuck though.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. <sighs> okay. Let's run it back in. <laughs> Noel, I want some of your thoughts.
3: Right, so I think that Alison and LaToya are dead on in terms of, because of how the show positions the whole pickup artist nonsense, that it's not the icky grossness that it would be if you sort of watch this episode also out of context, i.e. not having seen the first three. I think having seen the first three makes all makes all the difference in terms of how the context for this episode functions. and But also the fact that all the pickup stuff is seen as crass, as unviable, as just terrible. And I think that that generally helps keep everything balanced really really well. And then as everyone else has already pointed out, that whole sequence with um, the back and the left the scarred wings basically, the scars from the wings, I think just is really pivotal both emotionally but also on a performance level like i think that german just gets really deep into that moment in a way that i don't feel like she's necessarily been for the first up until this point really in the show's run and there's both that sudden degree of intimacy in seeing that he's either been hurt or he's hurt himself in this sense of fulfilling this what he thinks is that he's this immortal celestial, um, that he's hurt himself enough to convince himself of that. And both of these things, I think, drive something that's really interesting and really compelling in the rest of the episode in terms of her refusal to shoot him and then deciding to shoot him. Um, There's both a overwhelming desire at this point to see if he's actually what he says he is based on everything that she's sort of seen, like quasi-seen, and then just the fact that she's she's a trained professional detective and cop, and just like knows that these things are things that happen. And I think that that's that's a really good tension to explore in a instance in which we have a narrative about a character who re- just constantly tells the truth about what he is. There's no secret keeping, but there's no evidence, and that's a really nice twist. On this kind of a narrative of, oh, I'm a superhero, but I can't tell you I'm a superhero. I've got these powers, but I can't tell you. And this is literally, no, I'm telling you the entire time. You're just not listening to me and believing me. And then the nice shift of it here is, oh, this hurts a lot. Oh, this is unpleasant. <laughs> <laughs> um uh, That's the delaying tactic here. Isn't a, whatchamacallit, isn't a isn't a like a missed opportunity or missed identity. It's, oh no, my immortality that I've been talking about for the past four weeks nonstop, it's my every other line of dialogue, isn't working right now because I've been shot. And I, I just, that's such a clever way of doing something different with this very, 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 very tired trope. So it's just really refreshing in how all of that builds to that one scene in this episode. And then gets capped off with him chatting up her boss who's just just fantastic.
0: <laughs> More with her in the next episode, as you guys can probably anticipate. What I think works so great about that is first of all, they, they make sure to show him getting shot, you know, by by right away at the beginning of that scene and with no Im- impact, no effect. And then again at the end. And it, it just works so well to like you guys are saying as a delaying tactic for we need To connect, In order to connect with the character, we need her to actually, after seeing this stuff, take, like, actually consider what he's saying. Because so often in the superhero shows, you know, like Supergirl, right? It's like, how does Lena not know? Uh. It's ridiculous. She should have figured this out by now. You know, uh, the secret identity thing. So, like, having her actually, you know, after seeing this and this and this, like, how much does it take for you to see, for you to believe him? So she does start to believe him then in this moment because she keeps seeing these different things that she can't explain and that do not seem right. Um and then so having her shoot him and have it completely wipe any of potential for that from her mind, I think works really 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 well. So now it's how could I possibly have even thought that if and or when she sees other things that normally she wouldn't be able to explain if she she takes a second to go to oh it's because he's the devil she's just gonna immediately shut that train of thought down because she can't believe she actually considered that that's absurd that's ridiculous so now we go from having our and we go from having our female protagonist in the dark and confused to completely convinced that he's just a dude with a lot of issues and now Lucifer is the one who is completely uh, is the one who is completely unable to. Um, understand what's happening and is completely off his game. So yeah, like you were saying, I think it's just such a smart way to explain why in the future she, you know, will not consider that he could actually be Lucifer, like the real Lucifer. Um, if other things come up, she's got a a very good reason to think that is absurd. It's because she's already examined, given credence to and rejected that possibility.
2: Before they, you know, they go go there, basically she says, you know, uh, I'm, he asks if you're scared of me. And she's like, are you scared of all these things, you know, in the Bible? It's like, well, I don't believe in him, you know. I believe in good and evil. And he's like, are you scared of me? And she's like, no. Uh, and it's true until the moment where right before she is about, <laughs> before she shoots him, where she sees like the flicker of his, you know, double eyes in the like reflection, and this one she's like what are you you know she's freaking out because it's like well he's been telling you what he is this whole time and that's this is, she sees some evidence of it and that's the first time where she actually shows fear for what he is and then you know she's got that in her brain and he's like you know you could just shoot me and then she finally shoots him and you know ow 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 <laughs> i just love that i'm like oh is this what it feels like for you guys this is terrible
0: i don't like it <laughs> Undo <laughs> it. Oh, that's not fun at all. Oh, man. Do we have any other thoughts on the Lucifer corner of the show? Because we do need to at least make a mention of, of Maz, uh, Maze and uh Maz and uh, Amenadiel. And then also, you guys know I needed a, a Trixie update because I loved that scene,
2: too. So let's start. Uh, <laughs> any final Lucifer thoughts? One final Lucifer thought is that apparently he pays Dr. Linda with his penis. <laughs>
3: Well, that was the arrangement from the beginning. That was always very clear.
2: Yeah. (laughs) He says payment first, and then he starts unzipping his pants. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and she gets the payment up front. Yeah.
1: Um, I was delighted to find out an answer to my question from the last episode, which is that, yes, he does have a weekly appointment, and no, he does not have any qualms about just barging in whenever, which is great. (laughs) That's like, And it's a very familiar trope that, again, is weird now because he's – unzipping his pants. And, you know, the two o'clock is there, um, (laughs) which just was really fun and weird. And, you know, worrying for her, I hope nobody reports her to the medical board, that would be a real problem. But, um, (laughs) but a really fun, I'm just very into that dynamic. Oh, and I should mention, I talked to my friend Keenan last night, and she said, anytime we want to talk about Dr. Linda's lingerie, she is happy to join us. She has already <laughs> seen the show. So oh, great. <gasps> someday we'll do a bonus episode where we talk about Dr. Linda's lingerie selections.
0: <laughs> it, it is just mostly there to be funny. And it is very funny. And I enjoy George. <laughs> it's such a fun little moment. But I think it's also an important like little pin on consent. So like his whammy doesn't negate consent. Right. Which I think is something that we don't necessarily know until the, up to this point. But the fact that Dr. Linda is clearly still very into him, but it's also like, no, shut up. Not appropriate. Stop right now. George is here. Um, is not something that we necessarily knew that people, humans could do hmm. before this. So it's just a little thing, yes, but it could... Because consent is also clearly very important to him with Chloe. That he doesn't want to have sex with Chloe. He wants Chloe to want to have sex with him so that they can have sex and then he can get over her. Like, which is a little important wrinkle that I appreciate the show clarifying.
2: Yeah, his uh, his his whammy isn't the same as like compulsion from Vampire Diaries, which of course opened up a lot of consent uh questions, especially in that first season. So it's it's very see there lucifer writers are very smart to write lucifer in a way that you're not going to be like but this guy is a complete disgusting creep and you're not going to want to like enjoy all of his you know fun uh rule breaking and everything because it could have been so easy to just make him irredeemable and it's like well no no one wants that (laughs)
0: that's not gonna be fun um okay so let's talk uh, Maze and amenadiel thoughts on their fight scene uh Uh,
3: yeah no that's that's basically all you need to say is that it's hot and you're done there's a lot of leather and sharp objects i don't know what else you need to discuss kate (laughs) okay well no uh... no i'm just kidding i'm sure
1: people have other thoughts (laughs) i mean uh, the those are pretty much my thoughts, uh, <laughs> but the um the I mean it's like it's an extremely bisexual scene. Thank you so much, Lucifer. Um, the her weapons are so cool.
3: Yes, they are.
1: Really cool. Very cool. I don't know. Have we even seen those yet, or was I just did I miss them? Whatever. whatever. They're extremely cool. Um, and yeah, it was a in a very entertaining, hot, weird little scene. Thumbs up. Mm-hmm. Is there a ship for that? Do people ship that?
0: Um, yes. I'm sure they. I mean, it's the internet. Everybody ships everyone, right? There, <laughs> okay. there is a ship for that. Yes, I am certain. I, I know don't what know they're what they're
2: it's called. called, but I want to call it a Mesa deal.
0: i like that. That's very good. That's that. That's very good. I like that. And those blades come back a lot because they're Sweet. freaking awesome. They're, <laughs> they're very so cool. cool. Um, and you mentioned. Uh, we we should mention I I because I meant to in the. In some of the previous episodes, I really like that now we're four episodes in, and this is a show that is very, especially compared to 2016 Fox content, very queer friendly. The fact that you like Lucifer is having sex with dudes all the time and is very, uh, like, open to having some fun with that bouncer, except that he's busy right now. I I appreciate that this is not a character who is, I'm gonna say, pansexual i don't know he's him he's his own thing um but we only ever see him having sex with women you know which would not feel appropriate and it's a similar kind of way that they i think they've handled decks on on Town as well so i appreciate that level of visibility getting stumped, and
1: john constantine again <laughs>
0: yeah again yeah. into legends it
1: legends too please yeah. pansexual dark entities do improv on saturday nights at the largo let's do that please okay
0: uh you know i have to mention <laughs> trixie uh how much do we love her and her chocolate cake
2: much uh trixie chocolate cake otp <laughs>
3: <laughs> no it's really good and it's very sweet and then just did you and lucifer have a sleepover <laughs> no, no, we did not. He just busted in here to make omelets and French toast. <laughs> yep. that did, it looked like a good breakfast. It's it nice looked to like notice. a delicious
0: breakfast. It's a solid breakfast game because because he's Lucifer. He doesn't need to to know how to cook, but he's just, you know clearly was like bored one day. I was like, well, I. I want to be able to make this and the fact that he is his biggest concern when being kicked out besides the fact that he's been kicked out is that the omelet's gonna burn and it'll be a waste of a perfectly good omelet uh, well i mean if you're asking
3: for truffle oil and you're making an omelet you don't want it to go to waste like that's expensive (laughs) <laughs> that is expensive. And that omelette definitely burned.
0: Oh, good times. Um, so I think that's all I have for this one. Unless there's anything else you guys want to to bring up or chat about. If anybody who's listening, Marcus or Tanya, if you have any, or Scotty, if you have any thoughts, uh, or things you want us to, to, to mention, go ahead and hop into the chat. But final thoughts on manly whatnots.
3: No, this was just very solid. I think for fourth episode, and I'm, I'm, it was the first time in watching the three, the four so far that I kind of went, oh, I would like to watch the next one, please and thank you, sort of thing. Like Mm -hmm. it was the first time that I felt like that after like the first three. I was just like, no, I'm okay to wait. And then this time, alluding to what Allison said last yesterday of like oh no i do just want to keep playing at netflix just go on to the next one. Oh, i have to wait because otherwise i will confuse them and it would be bad <laughs> oh okay marcus has a question for me actually uh i was curious if latoya watched lucifer from
2: the beginning or if she's a late adopter as well um, so I actually, I watched Lucifer from the beginning. I wanted a fun show to clown on because, you know, it's, it's devil cop. What could be funnier than that? And it was actually, so I think episodes like five through seven. So like the next few episodes are like kind of the turning point for the show with like, it really elevates it. So I'm really excited for you guys to watch it. But like, that was when I started to get seriously into the show. And that's when I started being really annoying with how people should watch the show. (laughs) And then because it was like the last three episodes of the season where AV Club let me write about the show. And since then, that's when I've been writing about it. So, yeah. So I'm really excited for you guys to watch the the next few episodes and beyond, actually. Uh, No spoilers. And I also wanted to say for this episode. So with this, you know, we get the Amenadale uh, maze fight, which is hot. But also, you know. It's Mediel's first interaction with someone who's not Lucifer and just saying, brother, you need to go back to hell. (laughs) And it's it's interesting to see, you know, how he interacts with, you know, May as a demon. He's extremely condescending towards her, even though she just kicked his ass and licked him. (laughs) He's extremely condescending to her. And, of course, you know, that's why we all ship a mez deal, as you will. <laughs> well, and clearly
0: much more concerned about having been licked. That's like, he's, I mean, there was a whole battle between heaven and hell, right? So he's had his butt kicked before likely. It seems like he probably never had someone suggest suggestively lick his face and that is You know
3: he hasn't. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's just not that happens in heaven. Like that, they don't do that there.
0: That's <laughs> Marcus I, Marcus agrees. His face after being not- licked was great.
1: <laughs> the trope of, "Oh, you just made contact with my face and now I'm going to touch the place that you touched me" is one yeah, of my also favorite now dumb now is tropes. Not okay. I love it. Yeah, don't do it now. Please don't. Well, I mean, first of all, don't lick anybody
2: now. I mean, they can do it. They're demons and angels. They can do it. They're fine. They
1: definitely are hygienic, um, hypoallergenic, uh, germ (laughs) repellent. Um, They've got all of the correct antibodies, all that stuff, um, for sure. Or the opposite if they're hell. I don't know. Do you think hell has the coronavirus? I don't know.
0: I imagine they're just like fucking off during all of this, right? They're just like, oh god, this is boring. Let's go to another plane of existence, or like, I don't know. Let's hop. Let's go hop on the wave rider and have some fun. Let's just skip this year because no, thank you. Twenty twenty. Oh, maybe not. Maybe twenty twenty one. Maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> yeah, Allison. Any final thoughts on Manly Whatnots?
1: Mm, I don't think so. I dug it. I'm excited yeah. to watch the next one. Like. Uh, Noel, and as I said yesterday, had a really hard time not just moving on to the next
3: one.
0: Yeah, and we'll have to decide. I'm curious if we got if we're actually going to stick with our format um, and not do any episodes over the weekend, or if we're going to have to reassess that. I will leave that up to y'all's discretion because I already have
2: seen everything. You guys should so. reassess. <laughs> <laughs> You guys need to reassess, homie. I'm starting, like, episode seven right now in my rewatch. I'm just, like, blasting through it. (laughs) You need to reassess, y'all.
0: Well, thank you, Latoya, so much for joining us today. Where can our listeners find you and your work online?
2: Uh, you can find me on Twitter at LaFergs, and I will post my, my plenty of work. You know, AV Club, Pace, IndieWire. Well, IndieWire when there's SNL, if, if there's ever SNL again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have an interview coming up on IndieWire soon, too. Uh, com. I'm an editor, and I write a bunch of stuff there. So en- enjoy all the writing I do and all my tweets about TV shows, like Damages.
3: <laughs> I have been on a Damages kick. The, the LaToya high, show du jour.
0: <laughs> well yeah because of course you know spare a thought for latoya La sometime is done with the season so we can't get stumped anymore not for a while
3: uh, if, if we could ever get stumped again it still hasn't been renewed so i mean this is something i mentioned like last week on the televerse is like i feel like everything's gonna get renewed because they don't have a pilot season this year
2: <laughs> i hope so i i gotta get stumped once again
3: i i mm-hmm. feel like maybe it's good for bubble
1: shows Good yeah, for bubble no, shows run bubble by people shows. who know what they're doing, like veteran yeah, TV no, producers like, running shows mm-hmm. that are on the edge are probably in great shape because all they want is something that can get made.
3: <laughs> right, and um, I think like something like Emergence definitely falls into that category, which is very exciting for me because Emergence is so good.
0: We're very connected to Emergence, Noel and I, and uh, like even you saying that, Noel, I just like I feel like we shouldn't even talk about it because if we talk no, about it, fair. maybe it won't happen.
2: And well, I'll, you know, I know your it. track record,
3: <laughs> right? Uh, exactly. Well, I mean, that's what I was about to say is that like I feel like just if we put this out into the universe, they'll just renew Limitless for season seven, and it'll happen. There Surprise. is <laughs> the <laughs>
1: Supernatural is coming back anyway.
3: <laughs> There's like an Earth like B or
0: two or whatever where they're in season seven and i'm very excited i'm, I'm enjoying it every week but i wish to be there <sighs> yeah yeah see it was like it was like us and latoya watching limitless and like that was it that was it but...
1: uh speaking of like good news for bubble shows apparently the premiere numbers for one day at a time were really solid so that's oh, good news God. that is good news
0: yay good Makes things. Well, okay. Yeah. That's very exciting. We'll have to check in on that next week. Um, But for now, let us uh, wrap up today's streaming in place. Uh, Tanya says, thanks, guys. Uh, Thank you, Tanya and Marcus, for hanging out with us each day. And Scotty, two for two. Uh, Super on board with it. Hope you can join us tomorrow, but uh, we will be all wrapped up with uh, Manly Whatnots. Our next episode is where did I have it? Sweet Kicks. Sweet Kicks, baby. (laughs) About sneakers and other things. So, more on that tomorrow. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.